Welcome to the Primal Foundations Podcast. I'm your host, Tony Pascola. We will dive into what I believe are the four central foundations you need for a healthy lifestyle. Strength, nutrition, movement, and recovery. Get ready to unlock your path to optimal health and enjoy the episode. Today, we will be doing a mini episode. So this is going to be a solo mini episode, one of a few more that I'm going to do, and it's going to be kind of a series. Today, we're going to be talking about, um, and this is the question I get a lot is, why do you call your podcast Primal Foundations? What the heck are these things? Like, what does that mean? So when I talk with clients or people that contact me and we talk about, you know, and it's mainly lifestyle. I take these four aspects and I believe that these four building blocks, right? These core things are your foundation to optimal health and that's strength and that's nutrition, recovery, and then that's movement. They don't have to be in that order. They're all interchangeable. One doesn't trump the other, but I think about a, a house, right? I have these, these four different foundations and I build a house on top of it. If one of the foundations has a crack or not level, your whole house, your whole structure is going to be off, you know, and more susceptible to damage and falling down. So having a good base in all of these things is going to help you live an optimal lifestyle. So the first foundation that I like to talk about is strength. Strength can be interpreted a few different ways. Strength doesn't necessarily mean, oh, I'm going to the gym, I'm going to lift weights and I'm going to get big muscles, right? Yeah, if you want to go to the gym to aesthetically look bigger, fine, that's that's your prerogative, do that. But I think of strength as building a foundation where I am capable and able to do whatever life demands of me, right? I'm a PE teacher by trade. Most of my day is picking up heavy things, putting them down, um, setting up things, taking it down. So my job demands that I am strong. However, I also want to be strong for health reasons too, like bone density. I want to be strong because building muscle mass helps injury prevention. You know, you're talking about weight management. Having more muscle mass is a positive in terms of weight management. And there's this also aspect of, like strength in the mind too. When we talk about strength training, yeah, I'm putting on muscle, I'm getting stronger, but also kind of armoring your mind a little bit where I do hard things. And I think people should do hard stuff. Like strength training consistently is hard, but I'm putting myself in a position where I put myself through hard things. And when those difficult times in life come at you, you're able to be strong and resilient. So I think about building strength is a practice. I don't think about it as working out. I don't really use the term that much as working out, quote unquote. But building strength is a practice. It's a, it's a very long game, right? I'm going to be strength training for a very long time for the health benefits and also my mental strength as well. When we talk about nutrition and people that follow me on Instagram, and if you don't follow me, it's Tony underscore Primal Foundations. Uh, they'll see that for my nutrition is just, it's really it's like I do carnivore. I like just eating steak, eggs, bacon, butter. I don't really eat too much away from that. Granted, I sometimes I'll have something that's not meat. Like I'll have 
a vegetable or a fruit every once in a while, you know, but that's not my main source of nutrition. It's just animal based, right? I'm having meat, eggs, butter. That's pretty much it. Now, for me, it works. I've had a big slew of health problems since I was young. I was, when I was really young, I was really overweight. I had the husky pants, you know, my inseam, you know, was whatever. And then, but my waist size was like twice my inseam. Like I was really, really heavy as a kid. And so I got into, you know, strength training and exercising and things like that. And I lost a bunch of weight, but I still carried it, but I just wasn't, I didn't know how to diet. I didn't know how to eat. Coming from an Italian family, like we were just consumed with like eating all the time and not good food. Like it's pasta, pizza, all kinds of stuff. So I would just kind of deprive myself of calories. Like don't eat as much, work out more. And I lost weight, but it's just this never ending battle of me yo-yo dieting from gaining weight, losing weight, gaining weight, losing weight. And I would just keep doing that. And because it's, it doesn't work this whole, um, theory of like, Oh, just go in a calorie deficit and you'll lose weight. That's not, you know, the calories do matter. Like what those calories are do matter. And I think by changing your nutrition around like carnivore works for me because one, I know what I'm eating. It's not super complicated. I get full, I'm satisfied. And to me, I don't need to eat all the time. I'm not con- over consumed with like thinking about food. I know what I'm eating. These are the only things I eat and I love it. But when I have carbohydrates or like lots of fruit or anything like that, I can easily over consume carbohydrates. I can, if I eat pasta, I'll eat so much of it. If I have fruit, I have to be very careful because I'll eat a ton of them. So I think that carnivore works for me. But I like to, when I talk with clients, I like to talk about being primal aligned. Like what the heck does that even mean? I think at the base level, we all can agree that getting rid of like this fake food, things that, you know, refined uh, grains, um, sugar, like all these oils, additives, things that come in a box, like things that are packaged in packages, like that's not real food. I think getting down, it doesn't matter if you're carnivore, ketovore, primal, paleo, whatever. Let's just all agree that we need to just eat real food, whether you want fruits and vegetables or not. I think you really need animal protein and good fat. I think that's very, very um, detrimental when you start taking those things down and not eating it to your body because you're your body needs it. So getting a good source of animal protein, good source of fats. And if you want to eat fruits and vegetables, yeah, go for it. Right. Nuts. Some people like nuts and seeds. They're very high in caloric value. I can eat a ton of like pistachios or whatever. I eat a whole bag and like, doesn't even phase me, but I just ate like thousands of calories, you know, and like how many carbohydrates. So me, I, I try to abstain from those kind of things. But if that works for you and you don't, it doesn't have any negative effects, great. But at the base level, let's let's clear the pantries out because anything that can stay in your pantry for months on end is probably not good. You know, if it's got more than a few ingredients, it's probably not good for you. Let's get back to the basis of eating real whole foods. And to me, 
for somebody that was vegan, like I was vegan for two years, it didn't work for me. I, I had a lot of gut issues. I had belphoritis in both my eyes. I was losing my hair. Um, I, I was gaining weight at first. I lost a bunch of weight, but then I just gained because I was eating things out of packages because they were vegan. As long as it wasn't meat, it was free game technically. Uh, and then just eating raw vegetables, like just, I didn't like it. I I would always have to put butter or something on it. So I kind of realized pretty quickly, like I like the butter, not necessarily the vegetables. So for me, vegetables, fruit, I try to stay away from and carnivore works for me, but anybody who I talk to any clients, it's just like, let's get to this primal line diet. Let's get real food in you and good animal protein and fats. And then we can work with other things. And of course you have to allow a little bit of wiggle room. If you're super, super strict on your diet, like you're not going to stick to it. Like me, I maybe a month or two ago, I went and we all went out for ice cream and I had ice cream and I usually don't have it, but I was like, oh man, this is really good. I had it. I felt like crap the next day, but those things are few and far between. You have to allow yourself a little bit of wiggle room. So it's not every day. I don't really like quote unquote cheat meals. It's not, it's just a decision you're making. I'm deciding to have ice cream or whatever, as long as it's few and far between and you know, you have to live life, but I think people just really have to get to natural food and back to basics. That's why I say primal aligned. So that is what I, when I talk about nutrition, that's just kind of the overview. The next thing is movement. Now, when we talk about movement, everybody thinks about cardiovascular work. Going for runs, you know, working out, there's these hit classes, things like that. I don't like to view movement with, as like my quote unquote, again, I don't really like the term workout because what the heck does that mean? I like to view it as like, again, a part of my lifestyle. If I'm going for a run for cardiovascular work, I don't want to burn myself out. And this is coming from somebody who did you know, I multiple uh, marathons, uh, an Ironman. I did tons of training, hours on end on the bike, hours of running, hours of swimming. And I found that when I would push to get a better time, you know, or, or a better, you know, time split on my long run, I didn't want to work out the next day. I was hurting. I was, you know, mentally fatigued from it, physically fatigued. And I think when we talk about movement, it needs to be something that's very low impact on the body in terms of like, I'm not spiking up my heart rate. Uh, the, the methadone method is, is whatever your age is, you minus that by 180 if you're talking about heart rate. And so you take 180, you minus your age, and that's kind of your threshold. That's your max heart rate that you want to hit for your cardiovascular work. Now, most people who run can go way higher than that heart rate, right? You go way higher. You actually have to work to stay below it because you can go higher because you can push, right? But it's just so surprisingly or surprising that if you adhere to being at whatever 180 is minus your age, whatever that number is, if you stay in that, you know, zone, over time, you will become faster, but your heart rate will stay the same. And it's like, how does that even, how's that even possible? Well, because you're, you're conditioning your body to work at that level and you're not 
redlining your system. You're not fatiguing your system. Yes, there's times and places to hit these time splits and go hard, right? But that should be few and far between. And that's only if you're peaking. But just for the regular average person, if I'm talking about movement, it is a low impact on the body, a zone two, you're not spiking your heart rate up and you're moving because you want like the cardiovascular benefit or you're just moving for movement of the day. So I, I call this the, the athletic couch potato is when you go get a workout, let's say strength training or uh, let's just talk about movement, right? I did five miles today. I ran five miles. I feel good. That's, you know, that's nothing to, you know, shake your head at. Five miles is a lot. But I go home and I have a Big Mac and I sit on the couch and I just binge Netflix and I might snack on something, whatever. But I did five miles today. So I worked out. Well, not really. Yeah, you got to work out in. But if you don't do anything the rest of the day, that Big Mac was what, 560 calories. And on average, a person's going to burn, give or take, 100 ca- based on their body type, 100 calories per mile. Whether you run it or walk it, 100 calories per mile, give or take a few, right? So you go home, you have a Big Mac, you sit on the couch. Well, yeah, you, you're not going to, you're actually at a surplus of 60 calories. So you think you're in a deficit because you worked out, but you're really in a surplus. And I think that's one piece of being intentional, right? If I notice I'm sitting down, like right now I'm sitting down, but I'm sitting down way too long, I need to get up and move. 10,000 steps a day, great. But utilize movement, not just for exercise, right? But it's also a part of the lifestyle. Move, get outside, go for a walk. Even if you got to work out that day, like if you've been sitting down most of the day, you need to move. Not only go for a walk, go for a hike. Get some sunlight, get some fresh air. Movement can be things you love to do. If all I'm doing that day is movement, I'm not doing any strength training. I'm not um, doing like a programmed exercise workout. Go paddleboarding. I love paddleboarding. I want. I wish I could go all the time. Go paddleboarding. Go ride a bike. Do something fun. Join a rec league. Something, right? Movement is life. And I think that the more movement we do, the better. We have to kind of like, recognize when we're sitting down at the desk and we're doing our computer work and we have to recognize like, yeah, I worked out, but I'm sitting around all day watching Netflix. You have to move your body. And I think that that movement piece is, is huge. It's, it's something I used to not really think about because I would get my workout in and I think I'm done for the day, but really you can fall into this trap of this like athletic couch potato where I work out hard, but then I sit around all day and I just, snack and I, and I watch movies all day and that doesn't get you anywhere. And also the benefits about being outside and getting sunlight are huge. So movement, yes, is good, but we got to do it the right way, right? It has to be fun. You can implement so many different options that you love, but don't confuse movement with crushing yourself and running, um, you know, till you red line and you don't want to train for two days. And that kind of segues into the recovery aspect, the, you know, the foundation of recovery. I used to not think like this and I used to really go hard because, you know, you have to go hard. Like if I don't, if I'm not sweating a lot and I'm not panting on the floor, did I really get a quote unquote good workout? And I would say for the past 
eight, maybe 12 months, like this past year, I've really dialed back my, my exercising and the, the time or amount of strength training that I do where I used to be six days a week, Sundays was my rest day. So to me, I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm recovering Sunday. That's my recovery. And then if I skipped a day, right. I'm like a Wednesday, I would have to go twice as hard, right. On Thursday, because I skipped, I have to, you know, I have to do more. Well, really now I'm in the philosophy of really less is more. It's just, you have to be intentional about what you're doing and you have to have ample recovery time. For example, like high intensity interval training. It's super popular, super fashionable. There's a lot of places that do it. You can sign up for a gym and they're going to crush you for 45 minutes to an hour, right? You're going to walk out of there like, oh my God, I, I got a good workout because I'm tired. Well, it's to me, again, this is the way that I've been approaching training lately and over this past year, and I've seen really good benefits. To me, if you're going in and getting crushed every single day, one, that's not sustainable. You are going to get, you're prone to injury. You're going to get really sore. You're not going to want to train the next day. Right. And then also that not only burnout of your body, but that mental burnout, like you, you ever like have to convince yourself to go to the gym. Like, Oh, I really don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. Yeah. Because it's not going to be fun. Nobody wants to put themselves through the ringer every single day. And you're going to be, it's kind of negative benefits. Now, if I'm doing a workout, let's say it's a strength training workout and I'm doing a workout and somebody else is doing the same workout as me, but they want to, you know, do it for a rep count or they want to do it for the clock. Like I need to get it for time. Like I have to do this many in this time frame. Or if I don't do it, I don't make the workout or something like that. Where that's things I used to do. But as those things happen, you're going to be building a lot of waste product in your body, a lot of lactic acid. You're going to get fatigued, that burn. Ooh, feel the burn. That's not good. You don't want to feel the burn. You are pushing your body too hard and you're, you're, you're already past your lactic threshold. So your body's telling you, Hey, like, dude, we got to slow down, but you just keep pushing through, pushing through. And then your technique goes, and then, you know, you, you're panting, um, your tempo of the, of the movement has changed. You know, you're seeing this breakdown in form. That's just not good. I just don't do that anymore. I don't have my ego set on my workout where, oh, I have to make this workout time. I have to make the rep count. I I take ample recovery. I feel recovered before I hit my next set. Now, that one person who's doing whatever workout, they can get it done in 15, 20 minutes. My workout, we can do the same thing. I might take longer. I might take three, four, five minutes in between my sets sometimes and recover and feel fresh. I would rather do that and have really, really quality reps and for, for, for not for time, not for the clock. I'm hitting my reps for the technique. I'm working on my skill. I'm working on my strength and everything looks great. The tempo is there. The form is there. And I'm, I'm getting crisp reps. Whereas the last half of the other person's reps, they're just the breakdown in the form. They're fatigued. They're not getting the benefit. I would rather take my time and rest and recover in between and hit really good quality reps. Now, that person that crushed themselves to get to the time or the rep count, 
The next day, they can't train. They can't train. They're they're so sore, right? Again, we did the same workout. Hypothetically, we did the same workout. It just took me longer, but I didn't develop all this lactic acid. I was able to kind of flush my system as I was working out, quote unquote, working out or exercising. And I can train the next day where the other person can't. So I think rest and recovery should be also programmed in your strength training and just in training in general. Is it sustainable? Is it repeatable? If you cannot sustain and repeat the movement efficiently, like you, you should stop. You don't need to grind through things. And that's where I, a lot of trainers will, will push people. Yeah, trainers should push in a good way, but don't push when the form is going. Don't push when the tempo slows down or they can barely breathe. Stop them. You know, I I feel like that is the biggest difference in my training now, I only work out three to five times a week, right? Three to five hours of strength training, if that. And I'm stronger than I've ever been. I wouldn't say I'm as lean as I used to, but I was doing like a lot. I mean, I'm talking a lot of hours, five hours on the bike, you know, 18 mile runs. I was doing a lot of cardiovascular work. So I'm not going to say that I'm the leanest I've ever been, but I'm definitely the strongest, but I'm pretty close. My body composition is pretty close to what it was when I was doing hours and hours and hours of cardiovascular work, right? So I will take that trade off any day of the week. I am stronger. I'm almost as lean as I used to be. I, you know, everybody who says that they don't care about being lean. Yeah. You want to look good. That's let's all be honest, but I only train three to five hours a week. That's it. And if I skip a day because things are hectic and I can't get to the gym, I'll walk. I'll implement that movement, whatever it may be. Um, but I don't I don't view going to the gym and just crushing myself all the time. I'm giving myself ample time to recover. It's my movements are sustainable and repeatable. And because I don't get sore and because I don't crush my body and I don't have any mental burnout, I'm able to consistently train effectively and efficiently. Right. So that, and, and also the aspect of recovery of like getting good sleep. Yeah. That's big. I was, I'm always a terrible sleeper. I'm trying to get better at that, but that's a piece of it. Utilizing like getting to bed early, putting the phone down, turning the TV off, things like that. That goes without saying, but sleep big, but also recovery in these workouts like ample rest and recovery while you're working out and maybe even sometimes giving yourself a day or two. Like if your body isn't feeling it, don't feel you need to go to the gym because, oh, it was in my program. I have to go to the gym, implement movement, do something else, go ride a bike, do something in the zone two cardio. Don't need to, to crush yourself because again, this is a very long game, right? Your lifetime is a very long game and you're not going to get, you know, fit in a day. So the consistency is where it's at. But if you need time to rest and recover, you might get to these workouts later and feel, oh my gosh, I feel great. I feel like I can bench a house, you know? So these are the aspects that, again, they're slightly all intertwined. I think we have to be very intentional on incorporating strength, right? Not just strength of physical, but also that mental aspect of resilience, nutrition, movement, daily movement, and then recovery. 
And if you have all of those pieces, right, a good foundation and all those pieces, that is a winning uh, formula for optimal, healthy lifestyle and and to continue longevity because this is a long road, right? We're not going to get healthy and fit in just one day. This is consistency, right? Week after week, month after month, year after year of implementing these things. So that's the way I approach health and fitness. And I, this is the four things I like to talk to my clients about. If you want to get in contact with me, you can fill out a contact form at primalfoundations.com. You could also find a option to book a free 30-minute consultation, and that could be for nutrition, fitness, uh, programming, what have you. So that's completely free, and you can just sign up by clicking and booking a time with me. I hope you all enjoyed the episode, and we'll see you next time on the Primal Foundations podcast. Thank you all for joining us. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe, like, and share. See you all next time on the Primal Foundations podcast.